It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to this Wednesday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Buckle up. The next two and a half hours is going to move by pretty quickly. We have a lot of ground to cover. We're going to touch on a number of stories. I have some strong thoughts on a lot of things, and we're going to jump right into it. Yesterday, 24 hours ago, right now, we had a conversation with a representative from the Salt Lake City School District, and that was because uh, there were there were 3,000 students missing. That, that might be an overstatement. It's not like uh, they disappeared, uh, but the enrollment numbers as reported by the Salt Lake City School District, uh, expected uh, to see uh, one number, and they saw a a number that was 3,000 short of that. Well, uh, there has been an update. Uh, We've learned a little more, and in just a moment we'll be speaking with uh, Yandri Chatwin, uh, spokesperson from the Salt Lake City School District. But before we get to that conversation, uh, I have to say, as uh, producer Amy and I and others were working on trying to get uh, a good big picture of what exactly was going on in terms of enrollment, uh, I've told you that my assumption at the onset of this little mystery, where'd the 3,000 go, I thought that because of the unique approach to the the coronavirus by, taken by the Salt Lake City School District, which was uh, to to handle it in an all-online fashion right now for this first term, uh, and maybe beyond, hopefully not, but maybe. Uh, and, well, a lot of parents, well, the, the routine of their household kind of depends on kids being in school, in the classroom, in a safe environment where uh, mom and dad are then able to go uh, off to work and uh, take care of the, the what-to-dos to make sure that the, the roof uh, stays over the head, that food stays in the pantry, and uh, there's clothes on everyone's backs. Well, with that reality, I presumed that many of these students had moved over to, to other districts. Right. The districts which were offering, uh, you know, in room instruction, in class instruction. But as we started knocking on the doors of other districts, we found that numbers were actually going down elsewhere. With some exception. Yesterday. uh, Yesterday. Producer Amy had a a conversation with a a representative from the Nebo School District. And uh, joining us on the line now is uh, Lena Hiskey. Uh, Lena, how are you? And thanks for joining us. I'm great, and thank you so much, Lee, for having us on. Now, when we knocked on your door, our question was, how are things in terms of enrollment? And what we, the answer we'd gotten from uh, you know, other folks in other districts in your position was, uh, yeah, we've seen a bit of a slump, a bit of a slump, a bit of a slump. Uh, you were the first to give us a different answer. What's enrollment look like right now in the Nebo School District? So last year, we were about 33,000-plus students, and this year we're closer to 34,000 students. We usually have a growth of about 300 students per year, which we're about right on target this year. What, why? Uh, school district, we did choose to go face-to-face, um, and we have 92% of our students back in school face-to-face with only 8% choosing remote learning. You gave, you gave parents and, and students the option, and the overwhelming majority chose to come back into the classroom. And you know what's really interesting is we thought we'd have quite a few teachers that would also want to go to remote learning and teach that way, and we had just the opposite. In fact, we had so few of teachers that wanted to teach remotely that we actually had to go outside of our district to hire some teachers that that chose to go remote. 
Fascinating. Uh, w- w- that is not a trend. That is not an attitude that is common among districts uh, in the state of Utah and well beyond. W- what's different at Nebo? You know, we ca- we've talked a lot about it. We met every single day throughout the summer to prepare for this school year because it does look so different. And, you know, other states just are not holding school. And I think our parents were really uh, thrilled that they could have their students back in school. We know that it's better for students emotionally, physically, intellectually to be back in school. And so we really worked hard. We had a, a big team of digital teachers teaching teachers how to do that. Um, and I think it's because we worked so diligently throughout the whole summer. I know a lot of our teachers said they really didn't get a break because they were preparing. But also, I think that also... Um, parents are so supportive in our district. I'm just amazed at how much support we get from our communities. We have about seven large communities in our district, and they've just really rallied, and they're very supportive. I got my hands on a document uh, distributed to uh, families within the Nebo district. It was sent out about 10 days ago. The document indicates that uh, among students and staff, you had about 39 COVID cases. Where does that number stand today? Yeah, so So we give that number out every other week, and so I don't have a hard number today to give to you, but I can tell you it dropped significantly from 39, Uh, not 50%, but close to that, so it's really dropped. And again, at 39 out of of district, that's only 0.1%. 0.01. That is infinitesimally small, and that's coming from uh, a total pool of... it's actually point one. Oh, I'm sorry. Not okay. point zero one. Okay, yeah. okay. All right. Well, it's still a pretty small number. Uh, you've got 45 schools. You've got 38,000-plus students and staff. It's, uh, it's big stuff. It's admirable. Uh, and I look forward to, when you get these updated numbers, seeing, uh, seeing how they compare. Uh, early indications uh, show that you're cutting things pretty dramatically. Uh, listen, Lana, well, thank you so much. Like, well, just like any district, I mean, we could be up again next week. We just, you know, it varies. Sure. It changes. It's a revolving door. But we do appreciate our parents really checking their their students before they send them to school. That wellness check is vital. And parents are keeping students home when when they have a sore throat or when they are running a fever. And so we're grateful to them. Well, I have, I have family in your district and so on, uh, so thank you personally for, for what you're doing there. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you uh, again. That was uh, Lana Hiskey with the Nebo School District uh, letting us know that uh, they've seen an influx uh, in schools and some pretty low COVID numbers. We'll keep track on that. Now I want to turn uh, attention back further north, again speaking with Yandri Chatwin, a spokesperson from the Salt Lake City School District. Yandri, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Lee. How are you? Thank you so much. You sent me a text last night at the at, after the results were, or the new data, rather, was released at the meeting. You and I had a conversation just yesterday uh, about what seemed to be the disappearance of about 3,000 students. At least uh, there was a drop uh, in 3,000 from the rolls. Uh, you were anticipating some updated numbers last night. Do you have those to share now? I do. The drop is a lot fewer than 3,000. Thankfully, we're down 1,088 students from last year. In a typical year over the last decade or so, we've seen a drop uh, between four and 600 students. So 1,000 is still more than normal, but a lot better than 3,000 for sure. What, why? How do we account for the discrepancy? How do we account for the, the, the question mark that's lingered for the past two weeks or so? That is a great question. Again, since we don't have, um, you know, exit survey data for families, we don't have an exact answer. But looking at the trends, it is interesting that 
most of the drop is coming from east side schools and the drop is almost exclusively in elementary schools in fact the middle school stayed about the same in numbers and in high school we went up a couple hundred so we have more high school students enrolled this year than last year interesting um, so it's a great question, but we're looking at the trends and, you know, we'll continue to analyze the data to see what information we can glean from that. And how about the lag? It was, it was what, two and a half weeks ago or so that it looked like 3,000. Uh, what, what were these, what do the new numbers look at? Look at how were we able to, to now account for these, the 2,000? Yeah, so over the last couple of weeks, our schools have done a tremendous push one-on-one going to homes. Um, talking to families one-on-one. We had to do registration online this year, which leaves a lot of families out, families who don't have access to internet, who don't, maybe don't even have the devices that can connect to internet in their homes. So a lot of kids hadn't registered as of a couple of weeks ago. But over these last two weeks, um, because of that big push from our teachers and administrators, we were able to find um, a couple thousand more students who hadn't registered yet. Um, and now those kids are ready to start the year with remote learning this week. That's astounding. Uh, that, as you and I were discussing that effort yesterday, I thought, okay, all right, that, that's, uh, that's going to get us maybe a few dozen more, maybe a couple hundred at the, at the most. Uh, but shoot, if it is responsible for uh, those couple thousands, what a, a noble effort. Uh, I come from a very small town. Uh, my school district was very small. The entire district, uh, I think, had about 700 students in it. And so if you were able to uh, knock on the doors, make personal contact uh, with enough families uh, to, to get 2,000-some-odd students uh, back in the classroom, uh, so to speak, at least learning again, uh, that's admirable, and I thank you for it. Uh, Yandri, uh, time is tight. Uh, I've got to let you go. Thanks for the information. Thank you for keeping us up to speed. Look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a break here, and I want to ask a question of you before we do. Uh, there is a, a new survey out, and it asks Utahns, If they, once this COVID vaccine is made available and the FDA deems it safe and effective, would you take it? Would you take it? Will you take it? I'll share with you the survey results. They surprised me. They may surprise you. I'll share them with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.